His presence is written across the entire universe. It's constantly moving and working to restore all of creation. His patient voice whispers to each one of us, calling us, opening our eyes to see His glory in and through everything. His thoughts are beyond our thoughts. He sees what we cannot see and He hears what we cannot hear. His word guides all of creation in an unstoppable pursuit of each and every one of us. He redeems the hopeless and works in more ways than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. His perspective is perfect. His plan never lost in the day-to-day. He is building his church. Quietly, he asks us to open our eyes. Do you see what I see? Do you hear what I hear?
Christmas. Merry Christmas. Can you clap? That's fine. We're here to celebrate. So that's great. So glad that you're here. Before you take a seat, would you please turn and shake the hands around you? Wish them a Merry Christmas. Make this a welcoming place to be this evening. Wow, we are we are having some fun tonight. Thanks so much for joining us for this Christmas celebration. I want to say a special welcome to all of you in the sanctuary as well as those of you uh, watching online. We're so glad that you joined us to celebrate this season. And um, I understand there were some people who came in tonight to the gym, maybe didn't get a candle for the candle lighting uh, part of the service. If you didn't, if you want to raise your hand up really high, I think there's some people walking around and they have some candles on some trays. They will get those to you. So keep your hand up high if you want a candle, need one. I think the sanctuary, you could probably do the same thing. Pat Ayler would get you a candle if you need one. So uh, raise your hand up high and let them come do that for you. Uh, I also would invite the ushers forward at this time to receive our Christmas offering. Uh, we just remember that uh, there were wise men who set out on this night to follow a star and arrived months later um, bringing gifts to welcome this newborn king and to honor this new court, newborn king. This is a way for us as well to worship Jesus, uh, our Savior. And so uh, if you came prepared to give, that's great. Um, if not, if you're a guest or visitor, uh, don't feel obligated to participate in this part of the service. This is really for our members, our partners, a way for us to support the mission of this church. And so we just want this service uh, to be a gift to all of you. Um, before I go any further, any kids here excited about Santa coming tonight? Anybody? Yeah, I see some hands getting excited. Uh, yeah, some older kids as well. Uh, I'm one of them. Uh, I did hear uh, a tip this year that Santa's getting a little bit tired of cookies, and he would prefer sandwiches. And so, Levi, in, in, in particular, um, he's looking for a little peanut butter and jolly. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Uh, I'll be here all night. <laughs> that's the last joke they'll let me tell, but um, that's the way it is. Hey, uh, we are here every Sunday morning. We know we have a lot of guests and visitors, some of you family from coming from out of town. Some of you live here in town. Um, we would love to invite you to come back and worship with us. We just believe that worshiping together and hearing the good news about Jesus on a regular basis impacts our lives in positive ways. And we also believe that God is worthy of our worship. And so if you do not have a place to call home, a regular place to attend church, or maybe you just haven't been practicing that for a while, we'd invite you to come back and join us for worship. We're here every Sunday morning, 9.15 and 10 45 here in the gym, as well as down in the sanctuary, uh, two great places to worship. We also have campuses uh, at Waverly and Grundy County. You can find out information about those service times online at orchardhillchurch.org. Um, tomorrow morning, we will not be here to worship. Um, instead, what we have is we have a great online service prepared for you. You can go to uh, our homepage, orchardhillchurch.org. Fantastic Christmas morning service. So you may want to gather the family around and, and worship that way. So we invite you to check that out. Last thing I want to share with you is a little later in the service, we get to take part in one of our favorite Christmas traditions. 
and that is the lighting of the candles as we sing Silent Night. And we, uh, we are excited about this. We also know it's potentially dangerous. And so we have some specific instructions so we don't light your kid sister or kid brother on fire. And um, to do this, we've searched high and low for the perfect person. And we would like to introduce now our 2016 Christmas candle lighting supermodel, Mr. Doug Tenson. Yes, please welcome Doug to the stage. Sitting down on the job, though, I, I don't know. Two can't, you, you're still making it. <laughs> oh, nicely done right there to start. Um, how about I take the unlit candle? Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. So here's what's going to happen is you're going to get a candle that's going to come to your row or come towards you that's going to be lit like the one Mr. Tenson has. And uh, you're going to take your unlit candle as that approaches you and dip that into the flame of the lit candle. And then holding it straight up, you'll turn to your neighbor, the person next to you, and they will then dip their unlit candle into your flame and we'll pass it down the rows. That way it makes sense. And then in order uh, to make sure that we don't blow any hot wax on that person's brand new Christmas outfit that's sitting in front of you, would you care to demonstrate for us, Doug, on how we're going to blow those candles out? Beautifully done. Beautifully done. Give me my hand. Yeah, you want to do one more there? Thank you. Getting better and better every time. We have a powerful, encouraging service plan for you tonight. And uh, before we continue, I would just invite you uh, to pray with me. Let's pray. Father, you are so good. Uh, We have no idea even, I don't think, how good you are. And we just pause and settle ourselves right now just to take a few deep breaths, maybe for the first time all week or maybe all month or maybe all year. To just breathe and to just pause. Father, we uh, just acknowledge that um, in life there's always these two rails that are in our lives, this rail of light and of hope and of joy and celebration. And yet there's this other rail of just darkness and of pain and of suffering and of brokenness. And sometimes, Lord, it seems like there's a lot more darkness than there is light in our lives. Christmas story is also filled with a lot of darkness, but the, the light came, the light of your Son, the light of the world. And Father, we just remember, Lord, that that's what you're up to Since the beginning of time, since the beginning of creation, when you said, let there be light, you've been about bringing light into our lives, light and life. And Father, I just believe you've brought us here tonight because you want to bring more light and life to us. So help us to pay close attention. This is a story that many of us have heard before, but help us to listen again and help us to join the shepherds. Help us to join Mary and Joseph who, as they heard the word, started to ask others, do you hear what I hear? As they started to see what you're doing, do you see what I see? And Lord, this song started to well up among them of comfort and joy, of great hope. Lord, help us to pay attention and to see that light and and to hear your word and to be filled with that song so that we can leave here and we can take this song of hope and light and life to a dark and broken world. Thanks so much for the gift of Jesus. 
It's in your name we pray. Amen. Listen now to the story of how God sent His Son Jesus into the world as told in the Bible by Matthew and Luke. And the story begins with an angel. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth in a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me according to your word. Now Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and he took Mary home as his wife. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and she placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. They were keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host 
appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom His favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and she pondered them in her heart. The shepherds, they returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and that they had seen, which was just as they had been told. Let's stand and sing together.
take your seats. question that God would be asking you tonight? What if the question, the reason he wanted you at this service is so that he could ask you, just whisper a question, and the question would be this, do you see what I see? Do you hear what I hear? Do you see what I see, says God, when I see that baby in a manger? Do you get out of it what I get out of it? And do you hear asks God maybe what I hear when the angels made the announcement. And that song that's been going on through the ages since creation, do you see that song, that story of God beginning by speaking the world into existence all the way to the ending of this world and the coming of Christ's kingdom? Do you see it? That's the theme of our uh, message tonight. That's the theme of our service. The whole thing is to just whisper a question. Do you see what God sees? Do you hear what God hears? And in your regular, everyday life, do you take it home? So we're way excited about Christmas Eve services. We always are. And the reason we're so excited is because of the people who come and are in the seats. And so you're the reason we're excited about this service. And one of the things we know is a lot of different kinds, groups of people come. So one of the groups of people here are our regular attenders, the ones who uh, give and work and volunteer to make our mission happen week after week after week. Our mission as a church is helping next generations encounter and follow Jesus to bless a broken world. And we love that mission and we're all about it. And those regular attendees, I just need to say, hey, thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting us. All that you do. Now, there's another group of people here, and that are people who were invited to the service, were handed an invitation or a phone call was made or something, and a bunch of friends and family and coworkers and neighbors, a bunch of you are here. Some of you come every year. And this isn't your church, but you just come. And we're ecstatic that you're here. And then some of you come because somebody you love asked you, like your grandma. And your grandma said, what I want is everyone in church in my family, and I want them all in like two rows. And so you sneak in here early, you put down coats, and you reserve like two, three rows, you know. And then last night some grandpas said, Dave, don't forget grandpas do that too. And it could be your girlfriend needed a ride to church. Or your roommate. And so we're just honored that you've come because you love those people. Now, among us 
are some folks who I would call undecideds. Undecideds are people, if you really cut their heart open or their mind, they would say, I don't know for sure about this message of Christmas. I don't know for sure about this baby who grew up as a Jewish man and then he stood in the temple and he said, I'm God. Some of you, if we're most honest, you would say, I don't actually know if I believe that. I'm undecided. I'm mixed. I'd like to be a person of faith. I'd like to have faith like Dave or like some of these other folks, but I don't know if I can do it. We're ecstatic you're here. We love that you're here. I'm honored that you've come. I'm honored that you would listen. Uh, and one of the things that we want to make clear is we do not follow an arm-twisting, manipulating, pushing and shoving God. We do not. We follow a God who basically whispers invitations. And so what we want this service, for those of you who are undecided, we want it to be a whispered invitation from God. Hey, would you take another look at this one who called himself a a leader and a rescuer? Would you just take another look? That's what we'd like to do. And some of you are like me, and you've given Jesus your allegiance, like back in junior high or in high school or college, decades and decades ago. You've given him your allegiance. You've given all that you know of yourself to all that you know of Jesus. But the secret is, the thing we want to just be honest about, is it's really hard to live with that fervor day in and day out, 365 days a year. It's really hard to live there. And so we'd like the service to be a whispered challenge for you. Hey, you can do a better job of living of living there, of, of being inspired and fervent about following Jesus. Because I have to admit, I've never for one single day lived a life the way Jesus would want me to live life. Not one day have I been not greedy or selfish or sinful. Not one day. So some of you, your biggest objection to the church is that it's full of hypocrites. And I'd like to deal with that. And uh, I'd like to say, you're exactly right. It is full of hypocrites. And I would like to raise my hand and say, I'm one. Never once, never once for an entire day, 24-hour period, have I lived out what I actually would like to live out. Never once. And so if you think the church is full of hypocrites, I'm a hypocrite. We're joining the first century Christians, the early disciples disciples of Jesus. They were hypocrites too. You know, Peter followed him for three years. Then he said he didn't even know the guy, right? So um, it's okay. But in spite of that, in spite of that, we're hoping and praying that this service would be a spiritual encouragement to every one of you. That somehow as you leave this room, you will feel like you heard a whisper from God or a touch from God or you'll have a new thought about the birth of Jesus. That's our goal. So we're going to start. One of the things that we want to say right off is that God wanted to be very clear on what was happening on Christmas night. It's, It's so amazing and really beyond understanding that God somehow took his son, put skin on him, put him in the womb of a lady. He was uh, born of a virgin and placed in a manger. And that's God's son. We can't get that. But yet God wanted to be very clear. So what did he do? He sent Jewish prophets hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus to tell us what was coming. 
And then before the birth of Jesus or at the birth of Jesus, he sent angels three times to declare what this was. So that as we're sitting here 2,000 years later, we have uh, some clarity about it. So I'm going to look at the words of the angels. Doug already read them. Uh, here's the words. This is the angel coming to Mary. Let's see what the angel said. Do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great. God's declaring right at the birth of his son, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. It's eternal. Your life will end, my life will end, the world will even end, but Jesus' kingdom goes on forever. That's what God wanted to be clear that we knew tonight. Now let's see what the angel said to uh, Joseph. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. That's the second time. The angel said, do not be afraid. I think what the angel is saying is this birth of Jesus is not to be feared. It's like a joyful event. It's a peaceful event. It's good news. Don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, from God. She will give birth to a son. You are to name him. You are to give him the name Jesus. Second time that God said, I want this baby boy named Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Do you hear what I hear? Do you see what I see? Tim wouldn't let me sing in the band. (laughs) But I think God asked the question. Do you see clearly what I'm talking about? Because this Jesus will save his people from their sin, shame, brokenness. He'll save them. And have you received that forgiveness? Okay, let's go to the next. The angel's saying to the shepherds, there it is again, do not be afraid. Three times, three messages. Every time it starts with, don't be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy for all the people. If you're sitting in this room, or you're down in the sanctuary, or you're online, I know my brother's families are all watching this online, This good news of great joy is for all people. All people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Okay, so I thought, let's take these three messages of the angels and let's make a list of what God wants us to know about the birth. So number one, he wants us to know, don't be afraid of this. Don't be afraid. This is night and night of fear. Now, the reason I wanted to lift that out, one, the angel said it three times, but two, some of you get afraid when you come in church. It's like we only come a few times and somehow I feel like somebody's going to get on my case. And we're not. Uh, Church is to be a good news place, a good news place. So do not be afraid. Number two, this baby boy is the son of the most high God. In a culture where they had lots of gods, How would you say this is the most high God? Well, they just said it. This is the son of the most high God, the Jewish God, the Yahweh God, the God who's three in one. Okay, number three, this boy will be great and his name will be Jesus. That was important to God. I don't know why, really. 
Number four, he will be your Lord and Savior. Those are words we don't use much, but you can translate it. Lord means leader and Savior means rescuer. You know, when the uh, firemen, the flood comes and there's uh, somebody stranded out in the water and the firemen risk their lives and they go out there and they and they get that person. We don't call them a savior. We call them a rescuer. It's a good word. Uh, so Jesus will be your leader and your rescuer. Number five, this is good news of great joy for all people. Everybody. Doesn't matter what your history. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what you're into. Doesn't matter. This is good news of great joy for all people. Six, he will rescue us from our sins. And seven, his kingdom will never End. Never end. He'll go on eternal. Now, you can't remember seven things. You're going to go party after this thing. So um, I'll come back and summarize those seven things for you in just a minute. I just wanted you to see them. Since the tragic accident that took my son Ben and my grandchildren, Charlie and Bailey, and many of you know about this, um, June 10th, a year and a half ago, Since that event, we got the phone call, we went to Florida, we brought my daughter-in-law and my granddaughter back. We've been like living this journey of pain and grief. And I've learned something that was always in the Bible, but I never saw it so clearly. And here's what I learned. I learned that there are two parts of me that are not always in sync. The Bible calls one my mind, my head, and my heart. And what I figured out, and I think I'm bringing this because I think it's true of some of you here on Christmas Eve tonight, is that sometimes my head and my heart aren't lined up. And when we give our allegiance to Jesus and we say, hey, these things are true, we, wanna, we want to give all that we know of ourselves to all that we know of Jesus, what God really wants us to do is bring both our head and our heart And uh, I never saw how clearly the New Testament talks about this. So, for instance, uh, remember in Deuteronomy, when God is teaching the Jewish people how to love him, what does he say? He says, you must love me with your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. You need to be all in, like in a card game. I'll be all in, heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then when you open up the New Testament, it says God will examine your mind And your heart. And it says that even God will test your mind and your heart. And it says that the believers in the book of Acts, when the church was getting going, said they were one in mind and heart. And uh, when someone came to Christ, one of the ways they said it in the book of Acts where they were cut to the heart. And then they had to have the mind of Christ. So there's two parts of us. And often, I'm going to tell a couple stories about me where my head and heart weren't the same because I think some of you might have that very struggle and some of you might even have it with the Christmas message where your head is going, it kind of makes sense, but your heart is blocked because of something that happened in your past. Or I have a friend who his family's been praying for him for a long time that he would give himself to Jesus. And um, his heart's leaning that way, but his head, well, he was in a humanities class in college, and a lot of us had these classes, where the professor said the only reason someone would come to faith is because they're weak 
and they need a crutch. And so if you're weak and need a crutch, come to Jesus. But otherwise, if you're a strong person, if you're intellectually strong, you don't need Jesus. Well, back when he was 20, professor told him that, and he's been having trouble breaking that thing that he said it makes sense. So his heart's leaning towards Jesus, but his head is anti. So here's, here's one of the stories. Last weekend, we had our family Christmas celebration. Uh, uh, I have a picture of uh, my wife and I and our grandkids in our living room. And uh, nine grandkids now. And uh, we, we just had a blast together. We opened presents. We laughed. We had competitions in ping pong and pool and catchphrase. We sang Christmas carols. You know, we let each of the grandkids choose a carol. And we sing it around the tree. And it's so fun because... They don't always choose the ones I'd want to sing, like, so we'll sing Silent Night, and then we have to sing, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, and then we sing, Come All Ye Faithful, you know, all, all this, you know, it's just, it's just what it is. It's so fun. And, uh, I read the Christmas story to them, and we, we have a blast. But it's Friday afternoon before they come, and I'm sitting in my office at home, and my head is saying, Dave, You have to get ready to have a blast. And so I'm trying to commit my head, and my head's going along with it and going, yeah, you're going to have a blast. It's going to be so fun. And then my heart was only hurting because there's three presents that aren't under the tree this year, Ben, Charlie, and Bailey. There are three places at the dining room table that nobody sits, Charlie, Ben, and Bailey. So my head is going... Let's do this thing. Your grandkids deserve to have a legacy of fun and joy. And my heart is going, no, no, I only hurt. And I know that some of you get yourselves in those places where your head is saying, this is what I want to do. And your heart is saying, no, no. It happened another time uh, recently. Uh, I was uh, down in the sanctuary and on a Sunday morning, and the band, this was six or seven weeks ago, the band was introducing a new song. In fact, they're going to play a, sing a piece of it in just a minute. Um, and it's called uh, King of My Heart. And there's this place in the song that's so powerful. Um, there's, uh, we're singing to God, and uh, people start singing this phrase, you are good, you are good, you are good. Oh, you are good, you are good. Oh, and the congregation was getting fired up and they were like singing this song, just singing really loud. And it was the uh, the 11 o'clock service, I think. And the college kids were uh, raising their hands and singing this song. And I was in the front row and my mind was with the song. I'm going, yes, God is good. He's good 24-7. He's good from the beginning of eternity to the end of eternity. God is good. I agree with the song. And then flashed into my mind, and this is literally true, came scenes of the auto accident that killed my children. Crumpled pilot, ambulance, cars in the ditch. And I had to get up and teach, so I just like shoved it out of my mind and I got up and taught and then I went home that afternoon and I was thinking about it. I was thinking, what's that about? That's so interesting. Why would those pictures come to my mind during that song? So one week later... I'm standing right over here. I'm getting, I'm just getting ready to get up and teach. The same band sings the same song and they get to the same place and the congregation loves the song. 
You are good, good. You are so good. And the pictures came back into my mind. I went home that afternoon and I said, what's this about, Dave? And I realized what it's about is, in my mind, I believe God is good. But my heart is having trouble getting there. And I'm asking myself that question. If God's good 24-7 from the beginning of the existence of the world to uh, Jesus' next coming to when I'm in heaven, if God's good all that time, was God good during the moment of the accident? My head says yes, but my heart isn't quite there yet, seven weeks ago. So I'm like thinking about this and trying to figure it out and saying, boy, my head and my heart aren't lined up again. Now here's the deal. I don't know what your ache is. I know that we have a lot of people sitting here at Christmas Eve, supposed to be one of the most joyful times of the year, who underneath the joy, there's an ache. And it might be a job problem. It might be a family relational struggle. It might be uh, an economic problem. I'm surprised how many of our folks have gotten pink slips in the last month. And so underneath the joy, and this is supposed to be the happiest night of the year, for some people think of it that way, and there's this ache. And what do I do with it? And my heart's broken. And I go to our prayer line, and oh my goodness, um, the number of uh, things on our prayer line, it just makes me sad. And uh, one of the families in the last service has a four-year-old son who has a growth on his brain, and he's going to have two procedures yet this week, uh, this month, and uh, then he's going to go to chemo in Iowa City 56 weeks in a row. And uh, he was in the last service, his dad came up and said, Dave, thanks for, gave me a hug said, thanks for mentioning that. I mean, here's Jameson. We have church family, and you guys have families, that there's aches. So here's the question that I come to. When I'm at that point of an ache, like when we got to the hospital in Florida, is God good? And I think... We need to ask, I think he asks us that question. Do you see what I see? Do you hear what I hear? I think when I walked into the uh, hospital room and gave Aaron a hug and all we could do is cry, I think God was there. I think God was good. I think God said, Dave, can you just see what I see? Can you just hear what I hear? That song that goes through the ages, they just sang about. Can you understand that I'm good? And a part of the joy of this night, a part of the joy of the manger, a part of the joy of these songs we sing is that God is with you and good on your best day and your worst day. He's with you. And he asks, do you hear what I hear? Do you see what I hear? I was sharing with one of my friends at breakfast the gist of my message, and he said, Dave, you have to be sure to tell people, and so I'm doing it because he's right. If your mind and your heart are divided about something right now, it's okay. We have a God who's big enough. If you can't give all of your heart and mind to God, and you just have a seed of faith, you can go, hey, give him what you can. If you can't recognize him as good yet, 
Just go where you can and just ask for his help. If I were to uh, sum up, uh, you know, you can't carry seven things and all this half an hour of talking out of here. So I thought, let me sum it up in like six words. And I was so proud. I had my teaching summed up in six words. Then I counted them last night. It was actually eight words. So eight words that sums up everything I'm saying, including these seven points. This is what I want you to carry out of here tonight. Eight words. God is with us. That's what the manger means. That's what's all over this thing. The baby boy is the son of the Most High. He came to be with us. He will be our Lord and Savior with us. This is good news of great joy for all people because he's with us. He's with you on your worst day and your best day. Your worst moment and your best moment. In fact, he's with you at the point of you being your worst self and you being your best self. God is with you. Four more words. God is for you. God is for you. And he's proved it in spades. Because he sent his son as a baby to live and teach and model how good he is. And then his son went to a cross and died for your sin, shame, and brokenness. How could he do any more? God is with you. God is for you. When somebody says tomorrow, what was that Christmas Eve service you went to? You go, I got an eight-word summary. God is with, it, with us and God is for us. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for these uh, great people who have come and listened Uh, who have come to uh, celebrate your birth, who have come to uh, join in the songs, and uh, who have come to learn something. Father, thank you. Thank you for Jesus, a leader and rescuer. Thank you, God, that it's very clear that you are with us and you are for us on our best moment and our worst moment. Father, it's my prayer, uh, intense prayer, that we would grasp that truth a little bit deeper with our heads and our hearts. Help us grasp just a little deeper that you are with us and you are for us. I believe it's true, Father. I believe it's true. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
that's what you believe in your head and your heart I wonder if while you're lighting your candle you could maybe even whisper to God I believe it a little bit I believe it I believe it I believe it in my head and my heart that you are good you are with us you love us I believe talking about head and heart this thing's going to be a head and heart. For those of you who brought kids, you, uh, you light the candle, and like in your, in your heart, you're going, oh, it's so cool to be here as a family and light these candles and watch them. And in your head, you're going, trouble, trouble, trouble. <laughs> Let's have some fun and light some candles.
carefully stand and sing, sing this last song with us.
Okay, remember this part. And. All right, may the God of hope fill your life with joy and peace and purpose. And uh, could you go and have the merriest Christmas? Thank you for being here. Goodbye.